The last few Mondays, as I've shared in recent episodes, felt really rough. I, I was experiencing the Monday blues, as I talked about in depth, and I'm so grateful to not be experiencing that today, even though it's a Monday. And that's interesting because there really seemed to be this pattern, and maybe there is a pattern, remains to be seen. As I mentioned in the previous solo episodes, I, I'm looking for the pattern because I would love to anticipate it. I would love to see if there's anything I can do to tweak it. But I can't say that I did anything differently in the past few days, in the past week that I'm consciously aware of that would have impacted the way that I'm feeling today. Maybe it is like what I talked about last week in, in which I said it felt a bit like I was injured, emotionally injured, or I needed rest, or my body was trying to say something. That's what my therapist kept asking me. What is what is really going on? He calls it the wise mind. And that's really trained me to, to look within, to try to figure out all the variables. And as I explained, it's incredibly confusing because I wasn't able to figure it out and I, I still feel unsure. All I know is that today I feel very grateful to not be experiencing the Monday blues. And yesterday, in anticipation of Monday, yesterday was Sunday, I went on a really phenomenal hike. And just a quick little tangent for context, I've been hiking almost every single day for about two months now. And I started recording a new podcast all about my hiking experiences. I have not posted this yet, but it will, I'm planning on it to be through Substack because I've been really curious about Substack and um, just a little teaser that that'll come out at some point. And it's been a wonderful experience documenting every single hike that I've taken in the past few months and how I've changed. And one of the things I love most about hiking is that I have an opportunity to really step back and examine myself on a different level than I would when I would just be at home. It's very similar to what I've experienced when I go on road trips around the country. And it's almost similar to a meditation, I suppose, but not quite the same. It, it feels like I am deeply in touch with myself, I suppose. And that's why it's similar to meditation, right? Like when you sit and you try to tune out all the external and just go inward. But instead of tuning everything out when I'm hiking, I'm, I'm like hyper aware of myself and my surroundings. So that's why it's different from meditation. And yesterday, I decided to go on, on a much bigger adventure than usual. My experience over the last few months has just been gradually increasing. I've been, I started by going on some really nearby hikes, like within, I guess, like a mile from where I live. Fortunate in Los Angeles, there's a lot of options. We have hills, we have ocean, we have 
just so much nature if you go outside of the, the, the residential and business areas. And I started using this app called All Trails and decided I was just going to try to check, check out all the different trails that were listed on there. And over two months, I was, I've gone to, I think, like 30 different trails. Some of them, obviously, I've been to a few times. Some of them I, I might not have logged or something. I don't know. It seems weird. I'm like, okay, I've been hiking almost 60 days. Why have I only been to 30-something trails? But it's still a lot. And so anyways, because I've been to almost every single trail nearby, I've had to start exploring or have chosen to start exploring outside the radius. And yesterday, I think the trail I went to is about 15 miles away maybe 20. Took me about 45 minutes to get there. And it was in the Angeles National Forest. And first of all, that blew my mind because I did not realize what that forest was like, which now I, I feel like is a little bit silly because I've been to so many national parks, so many national forests, state parks. And yet, there's one 45 minutes away from me that I just didn't really even know was there. Like I, I knew it was there visually, like on a map. I knew there, I guess we're hiking trails, but because I had never taken the time to explore it, I felt fully ignorant. And so I, I drove there yesterday and set out for an almost five mile hike to this waterfall that the trail is called Trail Canyon, I believe. And it was wonderful and very challenging. <laughs> and the process of being on this challenging trail, I, I choose to not wear headphones. Unlike if I was walking around my neighborhood, I would listen to an audiobook or a podcast or music. But when I go hiking, mostly for security reasons, especially when I'm by myself, I don't want to listen to music. I pause for a second because I'm like, well, if I was with somebody else, I wouldn't listen to music either. So hiking in general, I don't listen to music, audiobooks, or podcasts. I just go and I'm usually completely by myself. It's it's rare that I even take my dog because it's a whole ordeal with her. And if I'm going to a new park, I kind of want to check it out and make sure I feel comfortable bringing her there first. And yesterday just took time. I it took me about two and a half hours to complete this trail. There were boulders I had to climb over. There were streams or rivers I had to walk through. Um, there were areas that were really narrow. There were areas that were really bushy. There, there was just a lot going on. And because I was so present to nature, I felt like things started to reveal themselves in my mind. And I think that's probably why I've, I've been hiking almost every day is because it's almost like peeling back the layers of myself and noticing things about myself that I might not notice if I'm just at home doing my usual thing or walking around my neighborhood. There's a big difference to me between walking on, on the pavement in, in the city 
versus like out on a nature trail, even if that trail is in between the city streets, as, as many of them are in Los Angeles, I feel very different when I step out of my car onto the dirt and commit to the physical exertion, commit to whatever nature may might throw at me that day. It's, it's almost beyond words to describe it. And I'm learning just an immense amount of things about that process and myself. And yesterday, something really interesting came up for me. One was that I've been paying attention to joy. Where do I feel good, essentially? And I know that I feel really good on the trail. But because I've been doing this for almost two months, I want to be very transparent to say that sometimes that joy is very short-lived. Sometimes it's non-existent. Last week, for example, I went on a hike right before I started recording the podcast episode and the trail didn't fix me. The trail didn't cure me of my Monday blues. In fact, I was irritated. Sometimes I go on these trails and I'm annoyed that I'm there. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like an enormous amount of effort. Sometimes I don't want to do it, but I do it anyways. Much like exercise in general, I've had that experience with yoga. I used to be very, very committed to my yoga practice. And I would try to go every day. And some days I was just pissed off that I was doing it. I would drive there and I'd be in a bad mood and I would get there and I'd be looking at my watch or the clock on the wall, just waiting for it to be over. And then I'd be annoyed. Like, how is it that yoga didn't fix me, heal me, cure me of all of this? Why didn't it take away those blues? And I've felt that way about hiking too. Sometimes I'm just irritated. Like, why isn't nature the fix? I, I talked about last year, a wonderful book I read with that title it's called The Nature Fix. And there's all this data to back up the impact of nature on our mental health. And so sometimes it really surprises me how I, I don't feel any different after a hike. But yesterday, I at least had the benefit of, of joy. And I had the benefit of realizing some things. So what I realized was a lot of my mental health has been tied in to self-esteem and self-worth, to feeling valuable, to feeling important, to feeling special, to feeling like I mean something to people. And I often get very triggered when I feel like I've let someone down, when I haven't pleased them, when I feel like a failure, when I feel like I've bothered somebody, when I feel like I'm not getting a lot of feedback, when I try something and I don't get a response, or when I try something and maybe only a few people respond, that's really tough for me. And I've been experiencing a ton of that lately, a ton of trial and quote error, meaning putting something out there, hoping for a result and not getting the result that I want, feeling dissatisfied with that result. And I, 
wonder if that has attributed to these Monday blues because I think I don't quite feel like a failure, but I feel something similar to that feeling like not good enough, feeling like I'm not doing enough, feeling unwanted, feeling rejected. That is a big theme for my life in general, the more I reflect on it, but it it's felt mag like stronger lately. And on my, my hike yesterday, I, it occurred to me some of the context, which is that I've kind of gone through a few breakups recently, professionally. I've documented this on the podcast about, I guess it was three weeks ago or so. Right before I started recording the podcast, a new client of mine decided to end the relationship. And I had just finished and ended a previous relationship prior to the few weeks prior to that. So at the end of April, 2023, I parted ways with one of my longer term clients. And that felt like a breakup in the sense it felt pretty mutual. I was ready to move on. I felt like I had done what I could do with them. And I wanted something more. I wanted more of a fulfilling role with a client. And so it was like an end of a relationship where we both say, you know what? We love each other, but this isn't working anymore. Let's part ways. Let's, let's uh, consciously uncouple is the term. And right after that professional relationship ended, I entered into my next relationship. And in, yesterday I was realizing it was kind of like a rebound <laughs> because this next client felt really exciting on another number of levels. It felt like we connected, we jived, we were just like in this flow with each other. This person was really exciting for a number of reasons. It, it was like the possibilities expanded. And I was like, yes, this is it. This is what I've been wanting. I'm so grateful that my previous client relationship ended. So I have room in my life for this. And it was just like dove right in much like a romantic relationship or rebound where you meet someone and you're just like so into them and it's full of passion and fireworks. All that stuff felt like it was happening. Right. And I remember even thinking at the beginning of that rebound relationship that it's possible it might crash and burn or it might end really quickly. It might not be sustainable. I was aware of that. And when it did happen, didn't necessarily crash and burn, but it ended pretty abruptly. I was so disappointed and I still feel some disappointment and I, I still am processing in my head what quote went wrong. What could I have done differently? Could I have prevented this? Were there red flags? Should I have known ahead of time? And you know, that's a lot to process. And yesterday I was given this gift of awareness on the trail that I have a lot to process, like the end of a big relationship and the end of a short-term one, the end of an excitement, the disappointment, the, the spoiled ex expectations, and then all of that coupled with the wondering, did I do something wrong? Could I have prevented it? Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe if I was 
better than I could have prevented this in the first place. You know, all of that junk that can come along with any type of relationship. And yesterday was almost like my wise mind, as my therapist would say, was telling me, Whitney, it it's, makes sense. You're in a grieving period. You're grieving the loss of two relationships. You're grieving what could have been. And it's bringing, it's surfacing all of this emotion that's probably lingering within me a lot of times of, of not feeling good enough. And that self-esteem that comes along with those emotions. And those are tough things to process. Now, I don't know if that awareness that I gained on the trail yesterday is necessarily going to fix things. I don't know if that awareness and the processing of those emotions led to me not having the Monday blues today. But it felt nice to recognize those things. And I think similar to meditation, this is what I've been experiencing on the trail. Because I'm by myself most of the time, because I'm not listening to things like putting input in, I'm really just present with who I am and what's going on with me. And that's been one of the greatest gifts that I've given myself. There's so many benefits to this hiking adventure or this hiking uh, <laughs> adventure doesn't feel like quite the, quite the right word, like endeavor perhaps. I started off in April before all of this professional stuff was happening. I mean, the timing is great because this was again, almost two months ago and it was a few weeks before that long-term client relationship ended. And I almost wonder, is that the wise mind coming out? Was there part of me that felt inspired to start hiking every day? Almost as if I knew that I was going to be going through a tough few months. Possibly, or it might've just been co complete coincidence. Either way, I'm deeply grateful that I made that decision because it is therapeutic. I have an amazing therapist, but we see each other once a week right now. Even if I saw him twice a week, it might not have as much impact on me as the hiking has. I'm finding the hiking to have even a greater impact than yoga, even though yoga is, has a lot of roots and or is rooted in Buddhism, I, I think, is it? Gosh, I don't even remember the history of yoga in this moment, but but it feels very Buddhist, very meditative at times. But the difference there is most of the yoga classes I would go to would have music playing. There would be other people there and there was always an instructor. It's very rare that I've just done yoga on my own with no input. And so, yes, I was in a present moment and I, I was experiencing my body in different ways and I loved it. I love the stretching. I love the practice. I love the technique, all that stuff. But hiking has been much more therapeutic for me because I don't have all that input because it's so simple. I'm just putting one foot in front of the other. 
yes, it can feel complicated and technical like yesterday. I don't know if I would have enjoyed that hike two months ago before I had all this practice in. Uh, it's, it's a lot of physical exertion. It takes certain gear, like the money I've spent <laughs> lately on hiking and camping gear. You know, it's an investment in these experiences, but it's becoming more and more worthwhile because now that I've learned so much about the practice of hiking, I'm able to show up and how do I even put this? I'm able to, let's just say I have all the right gear and I have the mentality. I'll, I'll walk you through just a quick overview. Like there's a lot of details for me in everything that I do. I think through things from multiple angles and levels. And I've noticed actually that a lot of people on the trails that I go on do not look nearly as prepared as I am. <laughs> Even yesterday on this trail that felt hard for me, there were people showing up in like shorts, like casual shorts and regular tennis shoes that don't have any traction on them. They didn't have water bottles with them. Like they're just there walking. And you know what I look like? I have on a backpack with probably 20 different things in it. I have a first aid kit. I have my, my new beloved hydration reservoir, which I spent a ton of time researching. I mean, this, this is like the t what rated one of the best water reservoirs, you know, it's attached to my backpack so I can sip on my water as I'm walking. Most people don't have these. I have trekking poles. They're like the walking sticks. I have special hiking shoes that I bought after a ton of research. Very cool. They're vegan and eco-friendly hiking shoes that have been a game changer. I have on specific clothing. Um, I'm actually wearing something. I just came back from a hike before recording this today. And so I'm still wearing my hiking outfit, which is like a moisture wicking t-shirt. <laughs> I have a special hat that's designed to keep me cool and keep the sunlight out. And I mean, I could just go on and on all the gear that I have and that I have learned over time, all of the benefits of these things. And I find it so fascinating that most people don't do all of that. They just go. And I wonder, do they have the same experience as me? Or maybe they don't need those things. You know, like maybe they're fine just showing up. Most people don't hike alone. I've noticed it's pretty rare. Occasionally I'll see like people by themselves, but most people on these trails that I've been on are with somebody else, at least a dog, but a lot of couples, families. That was the other thing that blew my mind about yesterday's hike. There are little kids on this trail and I'm thinking if I was a little kid, like I'd be having the worst time as a little girl. That's the last thing I'd want to do is go on a five mile hike with my family, but people are there and you're trekking along and, and, um, I'm just wondering what's their experience. Did they have the same benefits or do they not even want the same benefits? Maybe they just want to walk to the waterfall and be done with it. You know, um, it's not a one size fits all approach. And I think that's the other interesting thing about hiking is, um, it's very different for each person. People go there for different reasons. They want different things. They might, they might not see it as therapy. They might just go and want, want to take a picture 
or maybe they want to go and have something to do with their family members or their loved ones or their dog. Um, but for me, beyond the therapeutic benefit, it's also been so fulfilling physically. I That's why I started really. I was very motivated for the physical fitness side of it and didn't really think much about the therapeutic side at all. And maybe that's what most people go hiking for. Maybe they, they're just there to get the exercise. I also am motivated by checking things off lists. That feels good to me. <laughs> I love using that app, All Trails. I go on there. I've marked, I mark everything down. If, if you are on All Trails, you can find me and I write reviews and share photos and all of that. I really enjoy it. Um, but it just keeps surprising me in, in all sorts of, of new ways. I'm going to take a, a pause for a moment to read because I'm recording this live in the Beyond Measure community. I want to see what the, the people are saying in the chat right now. I'm so grateful. This It's so neat to have an interactive experience while recording. One person said, sometimes a hike or meditation leaves room for healing or room for something good. Ooh, that's a really cool quote, actually. I think you should give yourself some props for saying something so wise. <laughs> sometimes the same person said, sometimes hiking or meditation helps to clear things or give room to something to happen, even if nothing happens. Wow. Room for something to happen, even if nothing happens. That's pretty profound. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that for meditation, right? I think a lot of us can get attached to results and when we do things. I'm a very results-oriented person, and that's part of what I'm processing a lot. You know, who am I without the doing is a question. Who am I without an outcome? Who am I if I disappoint myself? Who am I if I disappoint others? Who am I if I don't feel valuable? Who am I if I feel worth, worthless? I think hiking, because it's been such a personal, internal experience for me, sometimes I'm just going hiking. And it's not about the gear. It's not about what clothes I'm wearing. It's not about how far I go. It's just something I'm doing and I don't need there to be an outcome. I'm grateful that I don't go on these like ex expecting them to be therapeutic. Like I said earlier, I mean, I guess sometimes I'm hoping they'll feel better after a hike, but I'll do a hike and I don't feel any different. I might just feel like I got a workout, you know? Uh, but I, I like that idea of, of a process like hiking, just leaving room for something. Another Beyond Measure member said that they tried meditation, but fall asleep. The attention span is not good. It's a work in progress. Yes, it is a work in progress, isn't it? And the attention span is something to observe. You know, meditation, I've, I've learned. It's a little bit different for everybody. It depends on our relationships with ourselves. And it can feel boring sometimes to meditate. But that in itself is really interesting, changing our relationship to boredom. I've actually experienced that on the trail especially towards the beginning of my hiking experiences, I remember being on one trail and, and just feeling annoyed because I was like, this is a boring trail. 
why am I wasting my time here? And then once I acknowledged that I was feeling that way, I could kind of laugh at myself. I'm like, it's such a silly thing to feel bored on a trail, but it was real for me. Like I was feeling it, but I, I later found it amusing. <laughs> like I almost felt like a privileged thing to say, to feel like boredom can sometimes feel like a privilege. I think we can also look at that as noticing our desire to be entertained and stimulated all the time. That's something that you don't necessarily get in a hike. Some hikes, I'm just walking for a long time. I sometimes go with other people. And the, uh, this past Saturday, I went with someone who did not seem to be enjoying it whatsoever. And that's interesting too, like for me not to be attached to them enjoying it. But I was also fascinated. They They just were kind of dragging their feet and didn't think that it was very pretty and couldn't wait for it to be over. Afterwards, we talked about it. They didn't really get anything out of the experience. And I think I can relate because I've, I felt that way too. And, and this is part of the transformation that I've been on recently is noticing that I don't usually feel bored anymore. It's, it's almost like I, might look forward to feeling bored, might look forward to not being stimulated or entertained. Today, for example, I went on two very small hikes. I went on them, literally just check them off my list on all trails because <laughs> I, I want go to go to as many as possible. And so I went in, intentionally knowing that they weren't going to be super stimulating. They weren't going to be hard. They were, I didn't expect them to be interesting, but it was actually quite interesting. <laughs> Because they weren't interesting, if that makes sense. Like it was an, uh, an exercise in doing something that I was almost looking to get over with. But when I got there, I still found them interesting. I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. It, it's like these different mental states of sh shifting around and perception. And let's see some other comments here. Meditation, you know, I've been experimenting with um, a app called the Gupta program or the Gupta method. Let me make sure I get it right. It was it designed by one of the guests on the podcast from a few weeks ago, Gupta program. And I will link to that in the description of the episode if you're interested because I might have like a special code or something. I've just say I'm a I'm an affiliate of theirs now and um been experimenting with it for my own sake. And I started off a few weeks ago doing the program every day. And then I just have really been struggling doing it again. I mean, maybe it's because I've been going through a hard few weeks, but um, it's based in meditation. And like a few of the members in Beyond Measure are saying in the chat, meditation can feel really hard, even though it's so simple. It's hard to commit to. I have never found it easy to, med to meditate myself. I used to volunteer at a meditation center. I've had many meditation teachers. It was part of my yoga practice at times. Like 
I feel very familiar and comfortable with it, but I don't like sitting down to meditate. Uh, however, the reason I signed up for the Gupta program is because there, there can be a lot of physical, emotional, and mental benefits to it that I'm interested in. So even saying it out loud helps me feel more accountable to doing it. <laughs> um, it's just that I need to commit to it. Even if it's just five minutes, it's, it's amazing how hard it can be to committing to five minutes of silence. And yet very easy for me to go on a two and a half hour hike relative to that. I'd like to integrate meditation into my hikes too, like maybe hike somewhere and meditate in an area. I think that could be a nice, a nice combination. Um, let's see what else. Increasing step count came up in the Beyond Measure chat. Yes, that was part of my motivation too. I started walking in my neighborhood every day for 20 to 30 minutes for that reason. I, I wanted to get more exercise. I, I wasn't exercising very much at all, but I did start to feel bored in my neighborhood. And that's part of the reason I started hiking is I just wanted something different. Um, but it is a big difference to go from walking on flat or relatively flat pavement to going to hiking trails where there's all different terrain and there's just so it's a lot more to focus on and a lot more to learn about. However, I found that deeply enjoyable. And hearing some or seeing some positive comments about meditation and the benefits of it. And maybe paying attention to things like injuries, you know, that's always important thing. I love all of these, these chats here, trying to take at least three walks a week. Yes. And that's, that's part of it too, is, is uh, a few people were saying in the chat about the baby steps. I mean, even just stepping outside of your home and doing something different that can feel really hard, but if you do it, it's a huge accomplishment no matter how far you go. And uh, it might be interesting to you, it might not. You know, <laughs> I for me, some it was actually hard to step outside my home because my neighborhood can feel very overstimulating to me. I often feel irritated about all the cars and all the people. And I just want to be by myself, but it took me months. I mean, truly months because I started in April and last year in November was when I started my daily walks. So it wasn't even an interest, a, a possibility or a consideration for me to start going hiking until five or six months, or I guess, yeah, five months probably into the process. And I don't know. I can't even attribute like a switch. It was just like one day I felt interested in it. I don't even know why it just happened. And, and then it just started to grow from there. But I also don't know how long I'll be doing this. And, and that lack of attachment feels good um, because I think 
it can turn into a little bit of an obsession. Like today, I probably walked a mile at most, and that feels like nothing to me anymore. In the past, when I was just walking around the neighborhood, if I did a mile, I was like, wow, that was great. But now I'm like, a mile, that's nothing. And after I finished my hiking today, I felt a little like I didn't do enough. You know, like even that not enoughness can come up in this process. And that's interesting too. But I don't want to feel not enough in, while I'm hiking. Like I want hiking to feel sacred and, and I want to appreciate it no matter what. Uh, but if once I start applying any judgment to myself, even comparing myself to previous days, that can feel like really dangerous terrain. And I bring that up. It's it's important for us to just f stay in as much of a place of gratitude and acceptance of where we're at and what we've done versus to get into this comparison trap, even with our, ourselves. It, it's a slippery slope. A few other things that are coming up in the chat. One person said, when I meditate or just sit still, what's working for me as I do it in the morning before I do anything else and I envision my day and it's helping me tons. That's so great. That does not appeal to me at all, sadly. <laughs> and it's frustrating to even say that. I love, I mean, I hear a lot of people saying that works for them. Uh, I wish it worked for me but I've never been able to get to that place. I, I don't know why I've been trying for at least 10 years. I, and I, I know that it's been at least 10 years. Cause I remember one of my old friends used to meditate every morning and would say the same things about how much it impacted them and, and how it was just part of their day. You know, like that's what most people say, but I, I haven't, I, I don't even want to say can't, I just haven't been able to do that. Even it sounds so simple. I just, that's not what my brain wants to do. And that's part of my interest in the Gupta program is, uh, uh, gosh, Ashuk, I think is, is his first name, who was on, on the podcast, talked about how it's literally rewiring and retraining your brain. And I feel like I need to do that first in order to even start meditating and it's tricky. It's like a chicken before the egg thing. So I'm trying to find out how can I rewire myself in some way so that I want to meditate first thing in the morning and I can get the benefits like so many people have said, because it sounds great. It's just a lot of these things, you can know that they're beneficial. You know that they work for other people, but it's hard to, to get some of the simplest things to work, you know, even things like the weather, which have come up in, in the chat, like what's your environment? Do you feel safe? You know, I know it's a privilege to have trails so close to me. The fact that I can go to this incredible national forest less than an hour away, the fact that I have trails 10 minutes away from me that are wonderful. They're some of the best trails in all of Los Angeles. They're so close to me. That's a privilege. Having weather that works for me is a privilege. Like there's, there's so many little scenarios for each of us, but also I think it's a privilege to even have a desire to do things or have anything. I mean, like there's, like I said, there can be the simple way where you just say, I'm going to walk outside my home if that's accessible, but even having physical privilege, the ability to do some of these things are, it's not accessible to everyone. That's something I try to reflect on too. And try, try to be really mindful 
and recognizing what works for me and what I have access to. Like maybe the people on the trail that don't have all the gear that I have, like that might not feel accessible to them. The the water bladder I just bought, you know, it actually, I actually got a really great deal on it. <laughs> I've been, I've been very good at finding frugal ways to buy gear, but it still requires money. You know, like you, there's just so many levels to all of this. Luckily meditation though, going back to that, I feel like meditation is one of the most beautiful things because the only privilege it involves, I think, is time. Because all of us can close our eyes, I think. Hopefully everybody can close our gosh, I don't I'm a that's a big assumption. I assume everyone's physically capable of closing their eyes, but that might that might not be true. Let's say most people are capable of closing their eyes. When you close your eyes and take some deep breaths, that's the next step. So the privilege of your breath. Believe every human being can breathe other, with breath being so essential to our lives. But even noting like that, the specific actions it takes to do something that we might consider so simple, closing your eyes, is that accessible to you? Having the time, is that accessible to you? Focusing on the breath. Having solitude. It's not necessary for meditation, certainly, but it's helpful. Silence is helpful. But silence is a privilege, too. It depends what your definition of silence is. Or the ability to tune things out takes that as well. I will say that even in those few seconds that I was describing it, I could feel a shift in my body. When I close my eyes, I feel a shift. But when I breathe, taking intentional breath, it's so powerful. And it, that is a power within most of us. Just the moment, if you want to take it right now, to just See what it feels like to close your eyes and breathe. It feels really good to me. It, it relaxes my body. I feel more emotionally relaxed and physically re relaxed. Feel more in tune. More connected as well. Now, as I'm slowing down, I'm going to take a, a look at the comments one more time. Looking at where everybody is at. Some people mentioning groups and organizations focused on walking. That's a beautiful thing too. Just finding people to do things with can be incredibly powerful reading books to learn, getting educated, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos, joining groups like Beyond Measure even. This is happening in real time. People having conversations, connecting, learning from each other. And 
it's also mentioned there's different types of meditation. Although um, the founder of the Gupta method was sharing with me that he thinks the biggest benefits come from uh, seated, like more traditional meditation. <laughs> I remember feeling slightly discouraged. I'm like, can I just meditate while walking? And he said, yeah, but it's not quite the same in terms of its impact according to his research. And I was like, darn it. <laughs> I feel like walking meditation, hiking meditation, easy. But maybe, you know, the benefits are in the hard part. Benefits are in the, the challenges, overcoming the obstacles and knowing what is accessible for each of us. Because I think there's the, all of this accessibility talk, like there's different versions of accessibility. There's physical accessibility, financial accessibility, mental accessibility, and emotional accessibility, probably even more, but those are coming to mind for me right now. And, you know, I think the emotional accessibility is what are you willing to do? What is comfortable for you? Like for me, meditation in the morning doesn't feel emotionally accessible to me because I have so much resistance to it. In order to do something like that, I have to overcome something. So it's it's in a way an accessibility issue. You know, injury, physical disability, like these people can have different versions of needs and situations. And I think it's so important for each of us to figure out what feels most accessible to us. Time accessibility, as I mentioned, too. I think time is such a huge privilege. And there's there's a lot to consider in all of this. And this is where it is complicated. This is where I use the relative side of things and say, okay, this is what is working for me right now. But some things don't work for me on other days, just like some days I have the blues or bad mental health periods. And like, it's not accessible for me to do certain things because there's such a huge emotional hurdle that feels almost impossible to get over. And I think the more that I learn about mental health, the more I recognize just how incredibly relative all of this is. And there's no one size fits all, even for ourselves. The thing that might work one day might not work the other. And in a way that in itself has given me perspective to be more present. Like today, I feel grateful that I don't have the blues. It feels like a privilege to have a Monday where I don't feel depressed. And I can tune into that gratitude, share that with you, hear from other people, take in the conversations that happen in places like Beyond Measure and just be present to it all. <laughs> so with that said, I'm going to wrap up this episode. When I do these live recordings, I end with a 10 or 15 minute period to just chat with people in Beyond Measure. So I'm going to go do that with the live Beyond Measure community and hear more of their thoughts. If you are not in Beyond Measure or listening to this and you're seeking out community and connection, support, learning from people, having real-time conversations, come and join us. It's free. It's low pressure. 
every Monday right now. I might change the schedule like I've talked about since Mondays have been challenging for me. Um, I'm going to look into shifting things around to support myself. Um, but if you want to come join, we have many days of the week in which we do things together and virtual activities. I'm working on in-person events. Um, I'm opening it even up to have guests, uh, special guest episodes with people on Beyond Measure, always trying to brainstorm new ways to connect with you. And the details are in the description of this episode. There's a link to join Beyond Measure. Like I said, completely free. Would love to have you. And with that said, I'm going to wrap up and go go chat to the people that are here today. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening.